In the last episode, episode nine, called Is Your Sickness Biological, Psychological, or Spiritual? We dove into the origin questions for illness and looked at how our biology, psychology, and spirituality can affect our health and sense of well-being. In today's episode and for the rest of the month of October, I'm going to be exploring more in the areas of how our mental and psychological well-being affects our physical well-being. It's something that I really had to not only explore, but activate in my personal life for me to really begin to see consistent, high quality healing for my body. And while I'm not saying there is no aspect of biological healing that needed to happen for me to get healthy again, it would also be doing my story and science a disservice to say that my psychological well-being had nothing to do with my physical health. One of the simplest ways to begin improving your psychological health is with gratitude. And that's why I wanted to start talking about practical things you can do in October with gratitude. Gratitude is a very, in many ways, straightforward and hands-on skill that you can develop in very small amounts of time, and it can really change your mindset. I know it did with mine. So without further ado, here is episode 10. Welcome to the Better Belly Podcast, where we find freedom from food restrictions, we increase energy in our lives, and we begin to feel healthy and vibrant again by finding the root cause of our gut health problems. My name's Allison Jordan, marathon runner, functional medicine practitioner, certified craniosacral therapist, gut health nerd, lover of Jesus, and owner of the Better Belly Therapies, a clinic based in Ann Arbor, Michigan that works with both virtual and local clients to help them achieve the best health of their life. I am here to walk with you on your journey to a better belly and a better life. We're going to go beyond popping a probiotic and checking out our poop. In this show, we are going to go deep into gut transformation strategies that last for life. If you're ready to feel your best, get ready to roll. You are in the right place. I want to start with our story on gratitude with a very poignant story from my own personal history. When I was in college, I was in the worst part of my depression and anxiety than I'd ever had in my life. If you have been listening to the podcast, you can listen to episode one, and you know that I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression in sixth grade, which is pretty young, and I'm grateful that it was caught that early, but also it meant that from sixth grade to college, I had had anxiety and depression for a while. When I was in college, an interesting thing happened, which is um, psychologically, it's well known in the psychology community that for the first time, I was in a safer, better place. I had, for the first time in my life, really supportive friends, which I did not have growing up. And I had a relatively vibrant community that I was around that um, was spiritually supportive to me, mentally supportive, emotionally supportive. And I really loved my college. At the same time, because of this, I also also had an experience where my psychology started to say, we're in a safe place. It's time to break down. So while I was in literally a healthier environment, I started showing and manifesting more of the depths of my depression and anxiety. And in college, I became regularly um, having suicidal ideation. 
I knew that wasn't the route I wanted to take. Um, it was not at all what I wanted to be experiencing. And it was definitely surprising to me because I was in a healthier situation, but it was something that I knew I wanted to press through. As I was doing therapy, I did dialectical behavior therapy, which is really similar to cognitive behavior therapy, if you are familiar with that, um, which is a really, really helpful therapy that I would suggest anyone looking into. If you're looking to develop skills to ground yourself and root yourself and create more stability in your mind and in your behavior. But as I was doing this, one of the things that was coming up was this concept of being grateful. And in my own life, as I discussed in our last episode, I'm a very spiritually sensitive and deep person. As a Christian, I really had a concern for what is God's will for my life and why am I sick this way? And is this because of something I've done? Or what can I do to help myself out of this? And there's this one verse that I came across and it really hit me in a new way. And when I was reading it in college, it says, give thanks in every circumstance for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That's from 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And I remember thinking, I was like simultaneously super mad, like give thanks in every circumstance. This is a crummy circumstance. And in fact, I can think of a lot of circumstances that it would be ill-conceived to say, let's be thankful for this. Like COVID-19, sure, thankful. Uh, Suicide, genocide, thankful. Like why would I be thankful for this? But another thing that really hit me was that it was something that I was mad at God about. I was so mad that this had happened to me and that this was my life and this was my brain and this was my body and why had I been given this? And I was actually really, really bitter. And bitterness, whether you're looking at it from a spiritual lens or from a psychological lens, bitterness makes us sick. Bitterness increases negativity. It causes us to hold on. And when we are unforgiving of something happening, the only person it hurts is ourselves. Whether that is someone who divorces us or someone who abuses us or a situation that happens maybe because of the government or because of local authorities, things that happen out of our control. And that might include and totally does include our bodies getting sick. It can be very, very easy to become bitter and angry and unforgiving forgiving of whoever and whatever has caused these things to happen. Ultimately, we do it because we want a sense of justice. We want a sense of, well, if nobody else is going to do anything about it, I'm definitely not going to forget it. But the problem is, is that it is ultimately not changing anything. It's not circumstantially helping anything when we're bitter. And in fact, it really, really hurts us on a mental, psychological level. It causes us to pull away from other people very frequently. It causes us to become more angry. So maybe other people pull away from us. Um, it can cause us to shut down emotionally when we can't handle the bitterness and the anger and the hurt. And ultimately, it causes us to not move forward because we are stuck in one moment in time um, or multiple moments in time where we were hurt where we were left alone, where we were abandoned, where something didn't happen that we wanted to, where maybe our bodies let us down or our parents let us down. And we are stuck in that moment. And the interesting thing on the science level is that 
our brains and our bodies have this interesting interaction where our bodies are meant to respond to our brain and our brain's job is to perceive threats. It's meant to look for food and opportunities, <laughs> opportunities for relational growth, opportunities for stability, opportunities for sustenance, whether that's in the form of food or sleep. And then it's other job of our brain is to perceive threats, um, whether that's the smell of smoke in our house or of a frown on a on a face that we're looking at. We're constantly looking for the car that's going to hit us or all these different threats in our lives. And that can make us, um, it can keep us safe, but it can also make us very hypervigilant. And so that can cause our body, which is supposed to respond to threats by saying, oh, I need to be rigid. I need to be tense. I need to be ready to run. I need to withdraw. I need to um, shut down and maybe go into freeze. We have fight, flight, freeze. Um, and these are all responses to us feeling not safe. When we hold on to bitterness and when we hold on to unforgiveness and we hold on to um, well, I really am not safe. I really am not healthy. I'm going to be stuck here. I'm mad at someone. What happens is that our brain keeps reproducing these thoughts. It keeps us in a state of fight and flight or potentially even freeze. And then our body ends up having to constantly fight a threat, even if the threat is not there. So if it's a family member or if it's a doctor or if it's um, government, even the threat of COVID, which is an invisible thing, it can create this anxiety that causes our brains to send threat signals to our body and then our body to go into just a chronic low-grade fight-and-flight response, heightened cortisol levels, heightened sympathetic tone, and it can mess with our sleep and can mess with our appetite. It can mess with um, our mood. It can mess with our energy levels and all those things ultimately affect our health. It ultimately affects our felt sickness, ultimately affects um, our long-term development or not not developing of chronic illnesses. And if you already have a chronic illness, it can totally aggravate those things. So I didn't know that in college when I first really took seriously the idea that I want to try and be thankful. And I remember getting on the, the floor and I've actually never shared this with anyone except for a few close friends. Um, and so it actually feels very vulnerable for me to share this with you guys because it seemed so crazy to me that I was about to do this thing with gratitude and with my illness. Um, it seemed so against every fiber inside of me, but I knew two things that one, that God was good and that I wanted to give thanks in every circumstance. And whether or not you're a Christian, you might have a question of like, what is my role in life? What is my purpose in life? And maybe what's God's will for my life, whether he's the Judeo-Christian God or a different God? What is God's will? What does he care? What does he want me to do? And I have this verse that says, here's one explicit thing, give thanks in every circumstance. So I remember thinking, okay, I'm going to try it. I was absolutely terrified. I was on the floor of my college room apartment, and I remember thinking, I'm going to thank God for my depression. I don't remember if I said it out loud um, or just in my head, or maybe if I wrote it, but I remember crying. It was like that emotional to me, whatever I was about to do. 
And I, um, I was crying before I even said it. I was just like, so all the emotions and the anger and the bitterness and the frustration and the years and years of loneliness, um, and isolation of my, at this point, mental illness. And I remember thanking God, whether it was out loud or in my mind or written on paper. Thank you for my depression. And it like tore my heart out, guys. I, I remember it feeling like it tore my heart out, but it was so weird because it actually, I was used to my heart being torn out on a regular basis. I was depressed. <laughs> it felt like everything tore my heart out. Um, you know, everything from a beautiful sunset to a bad grade or, or just feeling exhausted at the lunchroom table, not being able to engage with people. Everything was so sad, but it was this weird experience of my heart being torn out, but also feeling extremely, extremely comforted, extremely, um, this relaxation, this internal sigh, where I let go of something for the first time ever, which was all these expectations and demands that said, my life, I ought not be sick. I don't deserve this. I'm so mad at whatever is happening. I need to blame myself or I need to blame somebody else. Um, as an Enneagram one, if you listened to my last episode, I'm really interested in who did what and like whose fault is it and who do I need to go and like deal with, whether it's myself or someone else for problems. Cause I'm always trying to figure out how to get to the root so that certain problems stop existing. And for the first time when I was grateful in that moment, I remember, um, I gave up that right. I gave up that right, which I don't believe is truly mine to say, I need to be in control of all things at all times. And I demand and deserve and ought to know exactly what's causing this and why I have this problem and what's going to happen with it. And, you know, all these questions that we asked in last episode, which are so meaningful of digging into the biological aspects of health and the psychological aspects and the spiritual, ultimately I laid it down and it created this rest, this deep rest that I feel like so many people are seeking for. We are watching Netflix and we're trying to go on vacation. And when you're sick, you're trying to figure out what, you know, feels like maybe we all need to sleep longer. And and while sleep is important, especially when we're dealing with illness, we're also looking for, I think, this deeper rest. And sometimes it is in our psychological or even our sociological experience with other people or our relational experience. So having healthy relationships with other people, not being bitter. Um, and that'll be something we'll be talking about in our next episode, five things that I did in 2019 that radically changed my gut health. Um, some of that has to do with having healthy relationships and understanding how to navigate that and how to both curate and increase healthy relationships so that I'm less stressed out by maybe people who complain, people who are negative, people who make me feel less, lesser than who I am, people who don't speak positively towards me, all those different things, working those out. And so being grateful was the first thing that helped ground me in what type of person do I want to be around? What type of person do I want to be? One of the interesting things, guys, that I want you to think about is you can take out foods out of your diet. You can take out people out of your diet, but you cannot take yourself out of your diet. Like you're always eating your own thoughts and your own um 
Yeah, I'd say a lot of it is your own thoughts and your own actions and your own behaviors. So those are words internally that you're saying to yourself. um, And that can be everything from I'm grateful for my body. Thank you, body, for trying your best to like, I hate myself. I don't appreciate what I look like or I don't appreciate the things my body's doing for me. And you're at war with yourself, ultimately, um, saying that my body is my problem and, and not something that my helper, we can end up feeling trapped and victimized and create ultimately increased sense of chaos and increased sense of of like fright as we're like, oh my gosh, I cannot get out of this body. It's driving me up a wall. And that was something that I felt. I remember feeling specifically and thinking specifically, I can't get out of this body. I'm stuck with it. And that what I didn't realize at the time was making my body the enemy and making me panic even more with what I was going through even more than the, the just the pain or just the dysfunction that I already was having to deal with on a basic level. There's this really beautiful quote that I read this morning from Jordan Lee Dooley of the She Podcast. Um, she shared it on Instagram and I thought it was a really beautiful post. I love a lot of her posts actually. And this is just a little snippet of it. She said, we can do everything right and things can still go wrong because that's life. We can do our best with what we have control over, but God is ultimately writing the story. And Again, whether or not you believe in God, that is something that I believe in and that really shapes my understanding of sickness when I'm considering the big picture, not just the biological, which is a huge part of what I work with my clients on is figuring out like hacking the biological and seeing what are we not seeing that is affecting health, but also looking at our psychological experience of being sick. And I'd really encourage you, think about that quote. We can do our best with what we have control over. And that's true. And one of the things that I found with gratitude is that it's something that I could control. I actually have control over if I'm going to be grateful for something or not. I have control over complaining about it and fearing it, or I can control being grateful. I can't control what it is, what's exactly happening. And I know with so many of the clients that I work with, there's so much that you are trying to control. You are doing your best to say, I'm trying to be conscientious about what I eat and how I live and how I sleep and things just aren't working out well. And that doesn't mean that it's all your fault and it doesn't mean that it all rests on you and that you might just be doing your best and you're still not able to get the results to you, whether that's getting pregnant, not getting um, unsick, essentially getting healthier, um, getting energy back that you want. There is grace for you today, sister, friend, listener, brother, if you're listening, there's grace for you in the sickness and in the journey and the mystery of the healing. I remember when I had that moment of saying, thank you for my depression. It didn't make me stop being depressed. It didn't even really make sense, like why I was doing it. As in, like, I couldn't say, I'm going to say this thing. And then like 20 seconds later, I'm not going to be depressed anymore. Um, Like I said, miracles are immediate. Healing takes time. This was a healing process. But I knew that it was the right next step. And I knew that it was a better next step than me being bitter, than me being angry, than me being frazzled and afraid of my own body, but rather saying, if I have two options between like bitterness and fear and confusion and chaos, and then gratitude, I would much rather be hanging out in the gratitude sphere while I'm sick. Are you with me? 
um, just being in that gratitude sphere of what I have. And um, that moment ended up really applying to my life. Let's see, it'd be about two to three years later when I developed debilitating GI dysfunction. And I would wake up in the middle of the night in severe pain, severe pain. I would actually already be crying because I would start crying before I woke up. And I would be on the top bunk. I was on a bunk bed. And I remember being like, there's somebody else in the room and they're sleeping. My roommate, who's a very sweet friend of mine and was actually in my wedding, but um, she's very sweet, but she's asleep and she's not in pain and she's happy. And I'm sitting here alone and in pain and I have nobody to comfort me. And I remember thinking, God, I'm in the same place. I'm in the same place where I was sick and just like in depression, I was sick and I didn't know what was going to get me out of it. And I didn't know if I just needed to change my medication dose and I didn't need to know if it was my fault. And I could get really, really worked up by not knowing. And I said, God, I'm so sad. I'm going to tell you, like, I'm sad. I'm discouraged. I'm confused. Where are the answers? Why am I going through this? And interestingly enough, you know, four years, after that cry in that bed, which honestly now feels like a really short amount of time, um, but only three or four years after that, I'm here and I'm actually talking to other people about very specific scientific things I have found that helped me or things that we really need to look into on peristalsis and all these sciencey words that I talk with you guys about and, and probiotics and, um, and you know, check out episode three if you want to hear what I have to say on probiotics or um, low FODMAP diet or why food isn't healing your gut, like all these things that I was yearning for and like grasping for that your story can be used even in the middle of it, even when you don't have the answers, even when that's the end of your story isn't written yet. The end of your story isn't written yet and you are working to write it. Um, I'm so proud of every person I've ever worked with of how they are aiming to write their story and they're bringing other people into collaboration with them when they invite other practitioners and, and when they invite other information and data and other thoughts and thinking and they maybe read books or listen to podcasts and they talk to experts who can help them. They talk to people who've walked that story and walked that path who get them to the end faster. And so ultimately, I want to encourage you, like when you're being thankful, you're seeing into the future without being in the future yet. You're seeing either the children or the grandchildren or your neighbor or the friend that you're going to be able to help and comfort because you've been there. Um, I have one client right now who had been debilitating back surgery twice. And she ended up finding a friend of hers who also went through a similar surgery. And her friend is a Pilates instructor and a dancer in New York City. So like a professional dancer and had this, you know, lumbar spine surgery that, you know, the doctor said, you may never be able to dance professionally again. And she is. And now she's helping other women who've had the same back surgery get their strength and their flexibility and their function back because she's been there. And it's so, so beautiful. So so what are some things that you can work towards and moving forward in your action steps? Because I'm hoping that by this time that you've listened to this, that you've been thinking about and processing like what circle do you want to stand in when you are sick? Do we want to stay in the bitter, angry, hurt, chaotic circle? Um, and it's not that we always have the answers, but then also do we want to be in the, I don't know what's happening next, but I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to cultivate that. So some action steps, if you want to be in that circle, they're going to be one, you can start a gratitude journal. 
Um, I just literally have a blank journal that every day I write three things I'm grateful for. I write mine in the morning. I find that that's really helpful way to start my day. And it's interesting. Some mornings I wake up and I'm like, I cannot think of a single thing to write here. Like, um, it really tells me where my mind is at and that's okay. I give myself a moment to reconnect with something I'm grateful for. And some days it's like a big, amazing things that happen, like big breakthroughs in relationships or in my business or in my health. And other times it's, you know, the sunrise was really beautiful this morning. (laughs) Um, Or I'm really grateful for this warm drink in my hand. And there is no lesser um, gratitude point. Another thing that you can do, oh, and then other than that, in the morning, you can write that. And in the evening, you can also do that. I know some people prefer writing the three things they're grateful for in the evening as like a bedtime routine. They have the journal by their bedstands even, and it's a good way to process the end of the day to calm themselves down, to really process the day as a good thing. Sometimes we can end our days and it felt so frantic and it's like, was today actually good? Um, We really want to say, yes, like here are the three things that I'm grateful for for today. Number two, be grateful for the hard things in your life. That is exactly what I shared with in my story today with sitting down and thanking. For me, it was thanking God, but even just saying, thank you for this hard thing in my life. I've done that with my family. My family's had hard things that we've walked through, um, different like losses that we've had, different relational struggles. And I've retrospectively gone back and said, God, thank you for that hard thing that happened in our family. Not necessarily because it always like, oh, now I can see the rainbow at the end of the tunnel. Like sometimes I'm like, I still can't see the rainbow, but thank you for this happening. And that gratitude being a vehicle to let go of residues of anger and hurt and bitterness. Again, Ask yourself regularly, is there something that I need to be grateful for that is hard? Not just the good things like the hot mug of drink, whether that's coffee or matcha tea or tea tea, whatever. Um, asking regularly, is there something I'm not being grateful for that is hard? Have I, have I explicitly said thank you and been grateful for that hard thing. I say that with most humility. I realize that you might be listening to me like, Allison, you're crazy. Um, and maybe that's not what the step that you want to take right now, but that is a step that I know has brought me so much freedom, <laughs> so much freedom. And I hope that this episode gives you a little bit more of a glimpse into where that freedom comes from and why it really is so important. And it's not glossing over the hard things in life. It's not saying those weren't hard. And it's not removing um, responsibility from either people or things that have impact negatively impacted your life. But it's also saying, I release those people. I release those events. I'm going to be grateful and I'm going to move forward even if they don't. I choose otherwise to not be grateful. Step three would be to verbalize what you're grateful for. My favorite place to do this is in my car. Um, So I would actually spend time if I'm driving somewhere. uh, I listen to podcasts to change my mindset. I have visual declarations that I write on note cards and then tape them and stick them to my dashboard. And then, uh, and it's really funny when people come in and see it. But then lastly, I'll sit there and I will declare out loud maybe some things I've been grateful for lately um, or something that I'm just thinking about while I'm driving. And so, you know, thank you for the sun. Thank you for the snow. It's really pretty. Thank you that my car isn't slipping on the ice. 
One of the reasons that's so powerful is that our ears and our subconscious, once you, we haven't talked a ton about our subconscious, but our subconscious mind is about 90 to 95% of our brain. Some people say even like 99%. And that our conscious mind is our logical reasoning part of us, but it's a very relatively small portion. And um, we get this into this a little bit more when you study um, positive psychology and how it affects that. And if you want to hear more on that, check out episode 470. 17 on the Biz Chicks podcast. That's Biz, B-I-Z-C-H-I-X podcast. You can check the link in the notes, but I talk about the science of mindset in that podcast. We go really deep into why hearing things is so powerful for our mind, but truly our subconscious brain is more affected by what we hear, by the the frequency of times that we hear something or see something more than logic. So if you know logically like I'm loved or I'm pretty or like someone thinks I'm nice, but then you are hearing from teachers or friends or your parents or yourself, which I told you earlier in the episode, you can remove foods from your diet and you can remove friends from your life, but you cannot remove your own voice. You have to deal with it. You have to replace it or do something with it. If you are using negative thoughts inside, you need to replace it and you actually need to reverse it because that becomes what's most true. When you have these quiet thoughts that keep saying, you're not worth it, you're not good enough, you're doing something wrong, no one wants to be around you, all these different things is totally affecting your mind and how it's working. So when we stay stuff out loud, which the car is a great place to do it, is you're just saying like, thank you for this. Thank you for this. Thank you for this. And, or I'm grateful for that. And our mind takes that is, it's like, oh, it's a good day today. Something good's going to happen. And it might shift your emotions. It might not, but your subconscious is more than your emotions. And ultimately it's when you do that every day that it begins to shift things. And then lastly, at the dinner table or with friends, maybe at coffee or at events, a great thing you can do is ask people at the table what they're grateful for. If you do this, Sometimes this is the hardest thing you can do because now you're involving other people. And if you do this, you might notice some people have a hard time answering. They might not know what to say. They might think you're crazy. They might laugh at you. That happened a few times, kind of, usually from people that I, I'm i like, well, yeah, you're already pretty negative to begin with, so it might be scary for them to be grateful and positive. But then I've had other people who have been so grateful to be like, oh, yeah, let's talk about something good. Because so often we're prone to talking about, did you hear what that thing in the news? Did you hear that thing about so-and-so in our neighborhood who got into the hospital? Did you hear about this person who passed all these things that are sad and real, but we forget that there's also good and real. Good is just as real as the sad, hard things, and we're allowed to focus on those. When we do that with our friends, we allow ourselves the opportunity to not just be a thermometer where we take the temperature and we just reflect it and become that, but we become the thermostat, which actually regulates the temperature of a group and can really shift the atmosphere of, are we just complaining? I'm so busy. My boss is so mean. I never have enough time. Or are we actually declaring things over our lives that are like, I have enough time. I'm so grateful for a boss that I can serve who takes care of all the details that I'm sure I wouldn't want to deal with. And if you find that it's not true, maybe you're not thankful for meaningful things to do in your life that keep you active, which would be the opposite of how you could be thankful for being busy. Maybe there's something in your life that you need to take out. There's things in your life that are not meaningful activities that are keeping you active, but are not keeping you active in a productive way. 
And that's a good time that you can then look with either a coach or a counselor. Um, those are things that I even look at with my clients of, are we doing behavioral things that are harming our health just because there's something else that our subconscious is trying to tell us that maybe this isn't a meaningful activity to me, it's stressing me out, and therefore I'm now resorting to emotional eating or I'm resorting to um, having hyper control of my diet, um, I'm resorting to fear, all these different things, and then we're not getting the results we want with our health. So definitely something that you can look into. But again, try just asking your friends and family at the dinner table what they are thankful for. If you have listened to this whole episode, I hope that it was very meaningful to you. I hope that you maybe got to hear a story that you've never heard before. I hope that you have increased boldness and confidence to be thankful for the hard things in your life as well as the good things and the easy or pleasant things. And I hope that you get to have a new perspective on ways that we can be healthy on the inside as much as we are healthy on the outside, aka healthy on the inside, which is our spiritual, psychological health and healthy on the outside, our biological health, the health of our body that is carrying us through the day. Another thing that I'm so excited to share is that all these things that we talked about today, I'm going to be putting into a new workbook that I am developing for clients who work with me on either my DIY package where we do lab testing and I do a customized health plan and I deliver all that and create education of what your labs are saying and what you can do next to improve your health or for my clients who are operating at my standard package and working with me for six months to find fine tune their health and to work through every single step along the way that we do of the customized health plan. There's going to be an amazing workbook that is going to go along with it where you can have pages you can fill out for gratitude, pages you can fill out for habit building and for any diet tweaks that you're going through and really, really understand what's going on in your health. I'm so excited for that workbook to be done. We're aiming for it to come out in November 1st and it's going to be just so awesome to have it. So If you love this episode, we have so much more coming down the line. I encourage you subscribe and you'll get all the episodes that are coming up as well as remembering we're finishing up this month in October with all things psychological health that affects our physical health. If you like this episode, I'd also ask and encourage you take a screenshot and share it with a friend. I know you might've thought of one person while you were listening to this episode because I cannot count how many times when I tell someone I'm a gut health therapist, they say, oh, I know someone who needs you. So send that friend a love note to their gut and do us a favor and pass this podcast along to them. Other ways you can stay in the conversation is by following us on Instagram and Facebook at Better Belly Therapies. Send us a message in our DMs or make a comment on our post. We would love to hear what you loved from this episode, what you take away. And if you have any questions, we love connecting with our listeners and it means so much if you drop by and said hi. And remember my favorite quote and something I said in the middle of the episode, and it's still true. Miracles are immediate and healing takes time.